name of God who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. Please sit. So in last week's episode of Luke's Gospel, we heard Jesus get up in the synagogue in his hometown and unroll this big scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and we talked about all of the good news of the prophecy that he reads, the promise of God to heal and love, to renew the fortunes of Israel, to promise that debts will be forgiven and the oppressed will be free. It was all good news all good news. And then Jesus rolls up the scroll and gives it back to the attendant, and he says, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. That was good news for the people who had gathered. Very good news indeed that God was going to restore the fortunes of Israel, that there would be a time of jubilee and a season of abundance and renewal and love and healing and peace, that Israel would reclaim its place in the world. And in the beginning of the text today, we hear that people love that. The first response to that prophecy, to that good news, is awesome. They're excited. This is good news. Everyone was speaking well of him because of the gracious words that were coming out of his mouth. How nice it is to listen to good news. How comforting it is to hear gracious words and sweet promises and good, strong prophecies. But if you listen to the end of the gospel, I think it's fair to say it took a bit of a turn, right? All of a sudden, they're trying to throw him off a cliff. They take him up to a, a tall hill and try and toss Jesus off the side of it. So somewhere in there, something got a little messy. What gets messy is that Jesus is forcing them to look at that prophecy in a different way. Rather than just saying this prophecy will happen to everyone, he calls on two specific examples from Hebrew scripture, which I would oversimplify by saying these are two people who participated in the renewal that God promised. These are two people that were active, that had a role, that opted in, that did what the prophets told them to do. They might have complained a little bit at first. It may not have been an easy ride necessarily, but when the prophets told them to do something that would bring about their healing and renewal, these two people, the widow of Zarephath and Naaman the Syrian, go ahead and do what they're told. And in so doing, they claim God's promise. So when Jesus says this to them, what he's saying is, this isn't just going to come to you you too will have to participate. And I think this moment in the gospel is sort of like that moment in any relationship, whether it's a friendship or a, a dating relationship or something that leads to marriage or, or whatever it is, that it's that moment when the masks come off. You know, in the, in the beginning, it's all shiny and it's fun and it's, it's comfortable and we present our best selves. This is the moment when Jesus takes off the mask and life gets real which is the only time that relationship becomes real. When we get past the shiny and new, the cheery and happy and easy and always positive and get into the fact that sometimes life is hard. Sometimes we are not perfect. Sometimes we even need to see the people we're close to as not perfect and have them know that we aren't perfect either. 
This is the moment in the gospel when Jesus tries to get real with the people in his hometown. He doesn't deny the good news. He doesn't say you don't get to have this. But he does say you have to think about it differently than you have. And just that little bit is what causes them to take him up to a high hill and try to chuck him off the cliff. Because what they were used to hearing was, don't worry, God is going to do it for you. And that simply isn't how it works. As faithful people who are in relationship with God, we have to learn how to take our masks off, how to hear the good news, and also tell the truth. In the epistle this morning, Paul tells us so much about love. It's the reason that we hear that text at almost every funeral. And it's because this text reminds us of God's perfect, unending, eternal love that is defeated by nothing in all creation, in all the universe. God's love continues and is stronger than everything else. And there's one line in particular that works really well with the gospel today, and it's that love rejoices in the truth. Love rejoices in the truth. The gospel and the epistle promise us that life abundant comes not just from the good news, but from the truth from the pairing of these two things together, from the promise that God is with us through the good news and the truth and what happens after that. So, this morning, here's the good news. This is a wonderfully vibrant, faithful, creative, beautiful community. In all of my life in the church, I have never seen a community that takes better care of each other than you. You are creative and funny and kind. You are silly. You put crowns on your head for an entire service a few weeks ago. Which, by the way, cemented the fact for me that we were meant to be together. There is at least one moment every day that I have started calling a St. Matt moment. And in that moment, somebody reminds me what a privilege it is to be your priest. There are the moments when I am grateful for this place, and sometimes it happens in a pastoral conversation, sometimes it happens in adult ed, sometimes it happens at staff or in the office or someone just stops in, but there is at least one moment, one person every day that reminds me how incredibly gifted we are, how much we have how much we can use, and how much fun it is to figure that out with you. It doesn't mean that we get it right all the time. It doesn't mean I get it right all the time. It certainly doesn't mean that we all have it figured out yet. But these moments remind me of what is possible, of all of the gifts that we have, and of what God might be calling us to build together. When you came in today, you got a little bit of a little stack of post-its. There's two things I want you to do with that before you leave the building today. Behind you, there's two walls. On this one, there's a sign that says St. Matt's Moments. I want you to use some of those postcards and think about some of those moments for you and then put them up on the wall before you leave. Think about the moments when this place has been there for you or when your life has been changed 
because you had a chance to be there for somebody else. Think about the moments when you've grown closer to each other and closer to God. I see the pens coming in now too, so if you don't have one, you don't have an excuse. There are pens in the back as well. The other wall is for your hopes and dreams for the coming year. What else can we be building together? What else can we be creating together? I want you to use those post-its and leave something behind before you leave the building today. That's the good news. That we are tremendously gifted, that we have so much to be grateful for, and that we have what I think is a really incredible road ahead of us. God is doing something new here. Really, it's true. We live in a landscape where churches everywhere are struggling. That's just the truth. And yet we have new members and new projects and new ideas and new relationships, and we are growing in all of those things together. That is tremendously good news. Here's the harder truth. At the meeting in a little bit, we need to talk about some harder things. We need to look seriously at where we are and build from a firm and solid foundation. In the places where we are growing, we will continue to grow only if we build from the ground, if we lay a firm and strong foundation. And the hymn that we sang in the beginning, which if you noticed, I don't even need to look at the words because it's one of my favorite. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ her Lord. As everything else around us changes, that does not. And if we believe that, if Jesus really is the cornerstone of our community, if we believe that he lives and that he was resurrected, then there is no conversation we can't have, no journey we can't take, no honest relationship, no honest attempt, nothing we can't do together. If we believe that that is the core of who we are, then even if things have to change and the world changes around us, then what really matters does not change. And that is our faith and our desire to live and serve well together. One of the reasons people love that epistle text from Paul so much is what it tells us about love. That love is patient and kind, that it is not irritable, that it is not arrogant, that it bears all things, hopes all things, believes all things, endures all things. At the beginning of our ninth month together, I can tell you that love is alive and well in this place. God's love is busy and at work here. And that love is both patient and kind. It bears all things and it endures all things. So I invite you to do a couple of things this morning. Take seriously the invitation to think about the St. Matt's moments in your life, to think about how we will move forward together, what you hope for, what you are dreaming of for this community, and then stay with us. Stay after this service, stay in the conversation, be part of the story, give us your voice and your presence and your prayers as we figure out with God what the course ahead looks like. And remember that love, if we have that amongst us, if it is true that it is patient and kind, there is no conversation we can't have. 
no journey we can't take that won't ultimately be blessed by God's love for us. Amen.